back on the Sandcast. Try is going long distance podcasting for a while back in Hawaii. Um, but today we got uh, my boy Jordan Chang, uh, one of the first buds that I made uh, when I moved out to California, who's now sure. traveling the world with one of the best teams on the planet with uh, Kelly Clays and Sarah Sponsel. Dude, how we doing? Doing well. Yeah, Trav. Uh, it's been a while, man. I, I'm, I'm just thinking back to the first tournament I saw, uh, I watched you play and <laughs> you're, you're getting a... Uh, Oh, he's getting yelled at. I was like, this guy, he, he's the nicest guy in the world. Dude, I want to be friends with him. My first tournament, first tournament in California was uh, an AVP Next or CBVA at, at uh, Newland in Huntington with uh, Justin Phipps. Oh. And, dude, so I had heard Phipps had a reputation, and I'd heard plenty about him, and I'd seen him play. I was like, damn, like, he's really good, but he just screams at people. I was like, I think I can, I think I can take it. <laughs> so, I remember hearing his name a lot when I first came out too. Yeah. Like he, like, dude, he, that well guy has gone me. through more partners than anyone in the history of beach volleyball. Like guaranteed. I can see, I can see that. And um, so like, but pool play, we went all three. This is my first open in California. I'm like, Oh my God. Like I just won three matches in California. Like, okay, let's go. And then uh, Phipps just starts like, ripping into me the rest of the time and we got a fifth which i was stoked about this is the best <laughs> finish of my life it's <laughs> like trying to retire me <laughs> yeah you got you guys had a crowd watching not because the game was good but just because i <laughs> hear the commentary of of, yeah. of fibs <laughs> that was unbelievable and like to his credit like he taught me a lot but he just yeah. taught it a very loud tone of voice <laughs> yeah props to you trev yeah, so I think we've, we've both come a long way since that day, Jordan. <laughs> yes, sir. It was fun uh, hanging out with you the other day because we were kind of like talking about how cool it was, you know, from when we both first met. You were coaching UCI as an assistant indoor coach. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know, terrible. And we were in China <laughs> traveling the world uh, at a three-star, and we were like, wow, this is pretty cool, like how far we've kind of come up in, in a couple years. Yeah, yeah, I think both of us would have been stoked just to like shag balls and hand water to, you know, these high level players. And now you're you're in the KOB playing against the guys and, you know, you made it a three star and I get to travel with, you know, some pretty cool teams. So it's uh, pretty cool to look back and and just reflect on, on the past. Yeah, I know. Like one of the things that we talked about was that, you know, you you have this kind of calling or, you know, you feel like a sense of purpose in coaching that you like, you know, that like that's what you were put on this planet to do. I'm wondering like, when did you start to feel that? Um, Cause you've, you've been in coaching for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. I would say I've been fighting it almost my, my entire life. Uh, it wasn't probably until a couple of years ago where it's like, all right, I, I think I'm supposed to coach, but in terms of like uh, calling, it just seemed like um, I, I didn't know what college volleyball was. I, I was a kid that, you know, the, the Asian kid who um, supposed to get good grades, but I love playing, playing sports and uh, was pretty good at it but went to college and didn't know that there's, you know, college volleyball. So found out at Chapman University, started the club team there, got to compete, and then tried playing professionally afterwards. Uh, and it, it just seemed like over the last, I don't know, like seven years of me coaching, every time I've tried pursuing playing, a gnarly <laughs> coaching opportunity has come up where I'm like, I, I can't say no to because it just seems like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Uh, so, you know, I, I got a job at Pepperdine with the men's volleyball team under Marv Dunphy. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll play after that. Uh, I can learn from one of the best coaches I've ever coached. Um, and then, you know, UC Irvine, full-time assistant coaching job. And they, at that time, uh, I think, you know, try you were playing against uh, the, the Irvine team, but they won four national championships in the last, like, 
eight or nine years. So I was like, well, this is another <laughs> once in a lifetime opportunity for me to, um, you know, be on staff there and I'll, I'll play beach afterwards. Uh, and then, you know, some USA stuff and then read, read pretty called me and we, we connected. And then now, now the girls with Kelly and Sarah. So I, I think, uh, once Reed, um, wanted to work with me, I was like, all right, God, like, I get your point. I, I think, <laughs> think you want me to coach here. <laughs> um, so. And I, I know, it. I know like one of the things that we talked about was, I mean, the leap of faith that you had to take from having a, a salaried position at UCI. I mean, we all know every, anyone who listens to the show, anyone who's been on the show knows that beach volleyball is not the path to financial freedom in a, in a lot of senses. Um, and you had like a decent spot at UCI and what went into your decision to go with Reed? Um, I mean, not that you were working for free, but it, it yeah. was obviously a much different scenario. Yeah, I, I think it, it just made sense to me. Like, I'm, I'm very – I operate on a lot of convictions and kind of like the idea of, like, if I have peace about something, I, I feel like, um, yeah, I really have permission to move forward with that. Um, and, and so I've always wanted to be a head coach indoor, and that was my goal at UC Irvine. Uh, but just thinking, like, all, all my friends is, like, you, Trav, one of my closest friends, like, Joel – uh, Dane, all these guys are like beach volleyball players and everyone in my community was beach volleyball and I love beach volleyball. Uh, and so it, it, it made sense to almost switch to beach just cause that, that's what I played. Um, that, that's what I hung out with. That was the, that was the world I was in. Uh, and plus it, if for me, like I, I, I grew up watching Reed, uh, you know, coaching indoor, like I, I used him as an example and I was in the gym for four summers, you know, watching him. Uh, and so when, when I had a chance to, to um, coach Reed I was like I I can't say no to that <laughs> yeah. uh, and so it, it just seems like every year that I've, I've been coaching I'm like all right like uh, I have a journal I'm just like a sponge I'm just trying to like you know I'm constantly writing down all, all these comments that Marv that Reed that David Niffin um, that all these coaches are saying so it's been a it's been a cool ride uh, but beach yeah. it just made sense yeah it must have been interesting because like you're talking about this is the guy that you kind of looked up to in some ways, but also used as an example when you were teaching younger athletes. And then all of a sudden you're supposed to coach the guy. Like yeah. what, what was that like? And how did you approach that? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was really hard. Um, but I, I think even at Irvine and Pepperdine, I was coaching guys uh, that were my age or even sometimes older. Mm -hmm. uh, and so for me, I guess my, my coaching style isn't necessarily a, like a very loud voice. Uh, I think, I've always wanted to be a coach that listens really well, which might sound counterintuitive. Um, but, but for Reed, uh, I think uh, to, to backtrack, there's something that Marv told me that I think changed my coaching career and just my perspective on things. He's uh, first day of the office, he, he brought me in. He's like, Jordan, you know, people don't care what you know or who you know until they know you care. Uh, and ever since that, ever since then, it was like, huh, I really want to build trust with whoever I work with first. So it doesn't matter how much I, I know or, or what I know. I, I think if there's not trust, then it doesn't really matter what you have to say. Hmm. Uh, and so with Reed, uh, to be honest, I, I didn't really say much the, the first, you know, few weeks, if not months working with him. And coming from, I learned uh, data volley from the indoor side. And so having stats and film, which is a little bit more objective, I, I think helped me um, kind of speak to Reed a little bit. And he, he likes that language. Mm -hmm. uh, and so instead of saying like, Hey Reed, like, I think you should do this. It's like, well, Reed, here's what the best players in the world are doing. And um, here's where I, like, what, what do you think about this? Right. So stuff, stuff like that. And I think 
uh, that, that's what helped me connect with Reed, who obviously has more knowledge than I feel like all of us combined. So <laughs> <laughs> such a weird, yeah, <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> How did you guys connect in the first place? Because, you know, Reed is not a guy who's short on resources. You know, he could have yeah. hired any coach under the sun, right? And, yeah. you know, he hired – I don't know how much experience – did you have any coaching experience prior to Reed on the beach? Uh, no, not, not at all. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm curious how, how you guys did get connected because um, you were his first coach out there. Well, plus uh, Reed, well he, had, he had Todd Rogers uh, and he, he okay. brought out Joe Trinzi. He, he kind of uh, – I think his first year he, he had – the, the best of the best. Uh, he dumped Todd Roger. Roger didn't know enough. He dumped him. <laughs> Call in Jay Chang, baby. <laughs> I had Todd Rogers out here. It just doesn't have the, the, the intel that I need. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm like, wow, tough, tough shoes to, to follow. Um, I, I mean, so I, after college, um, I interned with USA Volleyball. And so – uh, again, like I, I literally just shagged balls and kept score for four summers in a row. Uh, and I, I was stoked if, you know, guys like Matt Anderson were like, hey, Jordan, like, how's it going? It's like, sweet, he knows my name. Um, but just like being around John Spraw and all those guys, just trying to learn um, and just watch the best volleyball. And so obviously Reed was in the gym. And so um, I, I knew him not, not very well. well. Uh, so, but the volleyball world's small. And I would say that the Christian volleyball world um, is even smaller. And so, um, I, I would help out with a couple practices with Reed here and there just to show up and, again, shag balls. Um, and when I found out he was looking for a coach uh, and I was looking to kind of get out of Irvine, uh, it was one of those moments where I think we are both like, hey, like, we're both trying to learn the sport uh, together because this was his second year. This was my first year. And he's like, kind of like, Let, let's learn it together. Uh, let's see how we can, um, as he would say, maximize, you know, my, my potential and um, try to do it in the quickest way possible because we were trying to pursue Tokyo. Yeah. yeah I, I, I've, I was actually writing some notes this morning because I'm supposed to like speak or do like a conference thing at, at the ABCA convention or whatever. <laughs> it's kind of about coaching and giving feedback from a player's perspective. But that's one thing that I was, that came to mind was like having a coach that's willing to grow with you mm. and not just sit there and be like, do this, do this, do this. It's more like, yeah. hey, let's figure it out together. We're both great volleyball minds. We both know different things, have different approaches. Let's figure it out together and not just come in with one coach saying, do this this way. And, you know, I, I think at lower levels, coaches can tend to be like, do it my way and, and then, you know, figure it out from there rather than you've been doing it right. You've been doing a lot of things right let's take what you've been doing and build on top of that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's huge. Like especially with a guy like Reed, it's like, how can I contribute to what you already have going? Yeah. <laughs> it, and to be honest, it, it was hard. Uh, it, it was really hard. Cause I, I was 28 at the time. And again, like I, for, first time at the beach. Uh, and, and so it was like, and like, how, how do I coach Reed? Like it, how do I tell him about passing? Like he's one of the best passers in the world. And yeah. so I think as soon as I got out of the mindset of like, I, I need to like have to like tell him things versus, Hey, let's like you were saying, try let, let's learn things together and like ask a lot of questions. I right. think it's a lot more freeing for me as a coach. Yeah. Uh, and just feeling like uh, if we are okay with having conflict and different beliefs, I, I think that helps yeah. uh, you learn even more. So. Do you think that, 
that it helped you as a coach that you, I mean, one, you've, you've jumped into, you've been learning from the greatest minds in the game. I mean, you mentioned Marv and Spira, the USA yeah. national team. Uh, I mean, when UCI was I mean, winning national championships all the time, do you think it helped that your beach career was kind of similar where you were just like, you were thrown straight into an Olympic qualifying fire. You know? <laughs> like yeah. it wasn't like you were coaching, you know, a bunch of qualifier guys and it's like, all right, let's learn at that level to come up. But you need to learn like the highest level right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I guess my, my mindset was as soon as I started working with Reed, I was like, man, I, I can't try to compete with the other coaches and like uh, even like say try like Jose Loyola like he's got 20 plus years of beach experience over me and so like I, I don't want to be I guess a JV version of Jose but I want to be a varsity version of myself and so what like what do I bring to the table uh, and I, I think is just trying to really learn like what what gifts uh, separate me and apart as a coach and I think the relational side and the the hopefully the ability to learn I, I think. Uh, because I've always, you know, come from a pretty, um, like, blue-collar background, I guess. And that's where Reed and I connected pretty well, too. Uh, but I – the first probably two or three months, I, I didn't go outside much, and I watched hours and hours of film. Uh, and with Data Volley, I, I coded a bunch of matches. So I, I coded every FIVB tournament winner from 2018 to 2019. And I was like, well, this is what we can – uh, figure out championship standards in the sense of what are the best teams in the world doing? And if there's not a team hitting under, you know, 425 winning a tournament, then it's tough for us to say, like, if we're hitting, you know, 400, like, Oh, like we're right there. Like we, we can win a tournament. And so uh, I don't think it's black and white, but I think having those standards helped us get a better idea of where we're at, where we need to go. Um, despite, I guess, my lack of kind of uh, beach experience. I feel like you're one of the few data minded coaches out there because beach volleyball is such a, it's kind of a feel sport where indoor yeah. you know every other sport on the planet you have i mean in baseball there are stats for how many rotations are on your fastball right but beach volleyball it's like well like stafford was recorded with like more digs than billy allen one year yeah. it's like come on guys like yes. this is so bad yeah so i feel yeah. like you're, you're bringing an element of statistical coaching to a sport that is traditionally like totally devoid of that i feel like that's one of your strengths like i loved watching film with you yeah. um and watching you break down one of kelly and sarah's matches and you were kind of a little mad at Kevin Barnett because he was like, how long is this option game sustainable? And you were just like, I got the stats right here. I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. Like, I, I guess being a director of operations or kind of data volley guy indoor, sometimes it, it, you get pegged as that guy. And I, I've, actually, I've actually never been a big stats person or let alone a technology person. But I kind of embraced that role because I was such a young coach. So I was like, I'll, I'll do anything to be around, you know, some – some of these coaches right. uh and so like I, I think i bring the stats background to to teams and you know beach obviously not many people do it but to be honest that that's that's like the least of what i feel like i bring to the table yeah. uh, it, it just simply it, it gives i think some objective feedback it's just uh, like but, another weapon in your, yeah in your, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like i would love to be able to see the game that way a little bit more and yeah. That's what I've got to force myself. I'm not a film watcher. Like, Travis has watched probably more film on volleyball than I have. <laughs> you definitely have. Uh, but I want that weapon in my back pocket, you know, to at least have. And I think that's pretty cool that you at least – you were kind of forced to learn it 
Yeah. And now you have that moving forward and you can kind of go back to being the type of coach that, that you liked being and seeing the game yeah. that, the way that you liked it, but then use the stats to, I guess, enhance that. Yeah. Like, Trav, I, I think you're pretty spot on. Like, I do think beach is a lot about, like, feeling and, like, uh, being able to see this. Like, because there's no situation that's the same. So it's hard to say in this moment you got to do this. You know what I mean? But say for, like, I was getting a little, I guess, frustrated with the announcers for AVP because uh, it, it's, it's different. It, it's new, the, the option attack. And it's like, well, how long is it sustainable? And uh, this is where, like, stats help. It's like, well, we hit 470 uh, on average for all three tournaments. It's like, well – I think that's pretty darn sustainable. And <laughs> yeah. I would say they're, they're only going to get better because we're, we're just learning this. Uh, so stuff like that is like, that's where stats I think help. It, it kind of shows you where you need to improve or if you're on track. Yeah. Right. So that, that was encouraging for me to say. Like to say that for a, one team might be true, but when you have like Sarah Sponsel passing, it's going to yeah. be sustainable. <laughs> yeah. Times all day. Uh-huh. You mentioned that stats are one of the, you know, the least things that you bring to yeah. the table. I'm interested what you think your biggest strengths are. I mean, I, I have my own ideas of what I think your strengths are, but I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, like as a coach, you know, if you were advertising yourself, like what would you say your biggest strengths are as a, a pretty young coach in this game? Yeah, um, I, I think my biggest competitive advantage as a coach is the relational side. So I, I think I, I can uh, build trust. Um, pretty quickly and help understand and get to know someone pretty well. And so I I guess I I find myself confident in my ability to help bring out the best in any individual I work with and kind of uh, uh, prod and challenge and ask questions uh, and and really dive into the relational side. Uh, So, yeah, I think that's something that maybe might be unique to my skill set. Or do you feel like you would have to, when you change players and teams, especially on the beach when your team's two people, do you feel like you're constantly having to adapt your coaching style? Like, complete, like, because if you have a player that's a completely 180, like, for example, probably me and Reed would be like 180s on the way <laughs> you think. Yeah. Do you feel like you, you just are automatically in there ready to adapt fully to that other person? Or is it kind of like a little bit of both where you're bringing your coaching style and and then having the player kind of adjust to you a little bit yeah I, I think it's a little bit of both but more so like you, you I think you have to um you you want to treat others the way they like to be treated versus treating others the way you'd like to be treated um uh, and it's easy for me to treat someone the way I'd like to be treated right but uh for example like Kelly and Sarah they're such different people um, what we're learning, and we had my buddy L.V. Hansen kind of take us through some personality tests, Myers-Briggs and Five Voices. And Kelly is, uh, uh, when, when she's getting squeezed, like, she needs affirmation. She needs encouragement. Uh, it, it's like, because there's, there's some thoughts going on through her, her mind that are catastrophic, that are world-ending, because it's very kind of volatile. You know, Sarah's a little bit more kind of stable. Uh, and so, like, Kelly needs that need Sarah to hold her hand and be like, Hey, like I'm, I'm in it with you. Like we're in this together. Uh, and Kelly gives that to Sarah sometimes when Sarah's like, like, don't uh, just tell me what to do. Like, let's go freaking win this. Like, I, I like, I just want to beat the crap out, you know, who's in front of me. Uh, and so Sarah can sometimes be kind of like tough, gritty like that with Kelly. And Kelly's like, I'm trying, like, you know, like just love me. And, and so, yeah, just, I think you got to coach people a little, little bit differently and yeah. understand what, 
what brings out the best version of them, I guess. For sure. It was so funny because <clears throat> so Sarah and Katie and Stafford and Kane went to that force tournament yeah, yeah. Um, down in Texas. And I asked Katie how, how it was playing with that crew. She's like, it's so fun. She's like, Sarah is so intense. She's like, she's so competitive. Like first yeah. round of, of pool play or whatever, like someone missed a dig and Sarah was like, come on. <laughs> I was like, yeah. dude, she's such a killer. She is she's able to her ability to turn it on and off though, I think is so cool. Like, cause I'll watch Sarah in practice and she's so intense and so intense. And then as soon as it's over, she's like the goofy, hilarious yeah. Sarah in a second. And I think yeah. that's such a good skill to have in sports where you can just like be in like kill mode and then just turn it off in a sec. Yeah. 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 There's gotta be one killer on the court. I feel like oh. at least one. And if there's two, then they have to know how to manage each other. You know, one of them has to know when to step back, I feel like. So who, who's like, the killer on your team, Try. I, I, I have to let Trevor be the killer. <laughs> <laughs> I have no other option. Yeah. Uh, um, but, I, you know, I got to I gotta step back and kind of uh, lead from behind sometimes. You know, backseat driver it. Yeah. You give him the ammunition he needs sometimes, though. <laughs> yeah. Whatever works. Trevor might be the one, like, taking the shots, but you're just like, here you go. I got another one. I love the camera. (laughs) I love it. But I think uh, when we had Sarah and Kelly on the podcast back, it was kind of when you first started working with them. um, It was clear that they had never really worked with someone like you before who took the time to get to know them as people and not as volleyball players. Because when you asked, like, like one of your first meetings with them, you're like, why do you want to, like, why do you like playing volleyball? Why do you want to go to the Olympics? And yeah, why do you want like, to go to the Olympics? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like their minds were blown. Yeah. Like how, because not all coaches are like that though. A lot of coaches are like, all right, let's get your high lines dialed. Let's get your jumbos dialed. Like let's get your blocking in, serving this way. And not that many take the time to figure out, all right, like what makes you tick as a person? Um, how important do you think that is for a team, especially at such a high level where the differences between number one and number two are not really physical? Yeah, uh, I, I think it's, it's hugely important. I, I think volleyball, probably more so beach volleyball, is such a mental game because uh, it can turn into, you know, an individual sport where, like, they're, they're serving you the entire time. And it's almost like you got to figure out and, and kind of, be, yeah, t- toughen it up. Um, and, and so – I mean, I, I've never been to the Olympics and, you know, I, I hope and believe I will someday, but every person I talk to that, that has that experience talks about the mental side and, and how mentally draining it is. And um, like Reed, Reed told me stories like his first Olympics in the quarterfinals, he's like chugging Cokes because there's just like, he's like, I had no energy. I, I needed to, like, I had to drink Coca-Cola, just down sugar. Cause I, I just like <laughs> was so mentally exhausted. Uh, and so I was like, whoa, that, that's, that's insane. And so for us, like, I mean, I think the volley, learning the volleyball part is the easy part. Um, and just being mentally healthy and thriving and ready for a challenge like the Olympics, I, I think that's the, the tough spot. I mean, I wonder what, what you and Trevor try are, are kind of going through in terms of in, in that lens. Because I, I think you guys have the, the volleyball skill set yeah. you know, to do it. And so... Yeah, it's it's a matter of putting it together at the right time, uh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it, I I think of it as like a endurance game, you know, because it's a really long season, and yeah. mentally volleyball is like 
you have to check in and out so many times. And if you stay checked in for too long, then you drain yourself, which is probably yeah. what he was talking about. Like, I'm at the Olympics. I'm going to be hyper-focused yeah. for three weeks straight. Yeah. And then, like, a weekend, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I think it's – with the teams that I've been on, like with Hayden and Trev, there's there's – it's taken a lot of extra effort to, I guess – uh, have that mental strength and to like finish a season strong. I think what separates the good ones and the great ones is is the consistency, right? That's what they yeah. all say. Like anyone can play, play as good as LeBron James for a night, yeah. or even half a season, or even one season. But the guy's been doing it for 17 years and he's untouchable. You can't even compare anyone, or however long I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think that's what what separates them. And and for beach volleyball just to travel the world back and forth and to show up every day no matter what the conditions are raining jet lagged whatever to be able to like snap into it and find a way um is like one of the biggest keys and if your partner's not on board and they're taking energy from you like you're having to worry about them tell them you know you're you don't think they're on board you're butting heads like that's just an energy drain and it it's brutal so having i think someone like you a coach who who will listen and help the team stay on the same page throughout an entire season is huge we're lucky we have i mean jose's good at that stuff he's not good at the he doesn't give you like the sweet rah-rah speech yeah. but he speaks trevor's language perfectly uh, and whatever hit trevor's language is it's my language <laughs> and uh it, it's it's good like we just got to have short-term memory and yeah. figure it out as you go. But there's no time to, like, have a bad tournament or have bad anything. You know, you have to be on the same page, have any, like, negativity towards each other. Like, all right, you're an idiot, but I'm over <laughs> it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jordan, you went from two – totally different dynamics right so you had reed and theo at first right yeah and then well, reed, reed and jeremy reed and uh, jeremy. but yeah reed and theo were pursuing the olympics so okay so you so your order was what you started with reed and reed and theo jeremy first. okay reed and jeremy first and then reed and theo yep. and then you went from that to sarah and kelly like two totally yeah. different sides of the spectrum yeah. both in terms of like because i mean all three of those guys like pretty stoic very different. different Theo and levels. Reed alone are the opposite. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm wondering, I mean, you had to make quite the shift from coaching, you know, Reed, one of the greatest players of all time, who like you're looking at, you're like, what am I supposed to tell this guy? It's like whoever's coaching yeah. LeBron, you're like, what am I supposed to tell LeBron about his jump yeah. shot, you know? And then you get Sarah and Kelly, who both of whom are just out of college. Sarah was literally – like missed her graduation to go to the world tour this year. Yep. Um, so much to learn, not just about volleyball, but like how to do life on the road. Was that, that had to have been a very different role for you to play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the first taste I got was uh, our, our first tournament was uh, going to uh, China as a three-star and they're, they're writing songs and singing songs to me on, on, on the plane, you know, Reed like, doesn't do that. <laughs> read, read and Theo, that is completely different. Uh, and so just a, and a whole bunch of sass, uh, you know, girls bring a lot of sass. And so just getting used to that, but it's fun. It's different, but it's fun. 
Uh, and I actually think like what, what I'm really excited about with, in terms of Kelly and Sarah is I think all three of us are in the same boat. I think we're all pretty moldable and like, again, like we're all learning and trying to like figure out the, this whole uh, Olympic pursuit process. Um, and so it, it's been fun kind of just going through that together. Uh, and I, I think the past like six or seven years of, um, I guess, trying to, trying to be, trying to listen well, uh, has kind of equipped me to now have a voice. Um, not that I didn't have a voice before, but I think I always wanted to, um, I, I think in order to find your voice, you got, you got to be an echo to voice, uh, and be a good listener. And so I think the past six years of coaching is a lot of, a lot of listening. And now I'm in a position where, uh, I think the girls trust me and, uh, I, I think I have a lot of things I can do to help help them and, and speak into them. Is that more of a conscious decision or is it just like you just the, – the knowledge is just there now. So now it's just like, wow, I have I have not necessarily answers, but yeah, things that I feel like are very productive to say and they're just coming out. Or is it conscious that, okay, now's the time for me to step up and start talking? Good question. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it's, it's probably a little bit more towards the, the conscious side. I think like Irvine, assistant coach, like Niff brought me in as a young coach and he's like, Hey, I need you to kind of like help echo my voice in the gym. He's like, he's like, I don't need another voice in the gym. I was like, yeah, I I don't need to be a voice. Like I'll, I'll do anything to be on (laughs) staff at Irvine. Uh, And then same, same thing with Reed. I I think Reed and Theo both um, very veterans in their field. And so they didn't necessarily need that a a voice. Uh, And so with Kelly and Sarah, I, I think it's, more of a conscious decision of like, Hey, like, I think I ha- I can fill that, that void uh, and kind of play that role for the girls. How did you, uh, how did you get in with Kelly and Sarah? I mean, I, I kind of have a, a pretty good idea, but just so the listeners know, cause I mean, we, yeah. we got Reed kind of hit you up cause you guys had a, a little bit of history together, but then how did you work your way in with uh, one of the best teams in the world right yeah. after that? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. The, the story of my life, dude, with all, all my coaching experiences has all just been networking. Uh, it just seems like total God thing for me, but uh, great, great fits. And um, yeah, like I was working with Tyler Hildebrand because I was with Reed and Theo, we were going to all the USA men's national team practices. And, and I was also helping out with some of the women's practices. And uh, Tyler, I think he, he's one of the best coach. I, I think he's the best coach I've ever worked with hands down. Uh, and so uh, just another opportunity for me to be a sponge. And I, I kind of wanted uh, just to be around him as much as possible. And so um, he, he, he really helped me in my development as a beach coach uh, and give me a lot of perspective and teach me a lot of things. Uh, and so being in that pipeline, I, I think Tyler, uh, as the director of, you know, beach national teams or for coaching, uh, when he found out Kelly and Sarah needed a coach, uh, he, he threw me, he threw my name out there. Uh, and he he advocated for me and it worked so (laughs) yeah all right guys gonna take a quick break as always we appreciate you guys so much for listening to the show and for asking questions for us to answer you guys are the engine that keeps this show running as is our guys you know them wilson volleyball they make the best equipment in beach volleyball and absolutely the best balls they're new well i guess it's not so new anymore they came out with the optics ball about a year ago but that design is sleek you can see the spin with its new spin detection technology so even i can pass a jump serve so i can see the top spin it is the best ball in the game and to get a 20 percent discount 
on the best ball in the game, use our code SANDCAST-20 to get 20% off all Wilson products. The show is also brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. Check out those guys. They do work pretty much for free. All their stuff is just done on gratis, basically. Uh, and they do tremendous work covering the game. And if you guys donate to them using their new membership packages, they're able to hire more freelancers like me or Megan Kaplan or any of half a dozen other writers for the website. So if you guys give them a little bit of coin, they'll get better products for you guys to read. So give them a shout, volleyballmag.com. Try and I would also love it, love it, if you checked out our new book, Volleyball for Milkshakes. If you already have it, if you could give us a review on Amazon, it goes a long, long way. But if you like the show, we think you would absolutely love the book. It was a blast to write and work on with Try. Uh, it's based kind of on his childhood at Outrigger. It's a little bit fictionalized, but a lot of the elements are real, and all the lessons that we include in the book are derived from the show, from the best players in the country and the world. So check out Volleyball for Milkshakes today. Drop us a review if you can. We really appreciate it, and we really appreciate you guys listening, as always. And now, back to the show. Uh, I have a lot to thank for him. Yeah. Did you've, uh, I mean, you've worked with some of the best coaches ever. Um, I'm curious what separates Tyler because, I mean, obviously his accolades, I mean, they stand on their own. Um, but from your perspective, I mean, you worked with Marv. Who, like, huh. They're few better in the world than Marv and, yeah. and his bras at the highest level in the world. Um, what, what was uh, – because I've never actually coached, like had a practice run by Tyler. Huh. Um, I'm curious, like, what you saw in him that was different or new or, or so valuable. Yeah. Uh, I think Tyler's – uh, a genius in terms of like studying the game. Um, I, I think a lot of coaches, it's almost like the, the more coaching experience you have, sometimes that could be a downside or downfall because it, it's very, things start turning very black and white. It's like, well, this is how, this is how it's always been done. Uh, this is just what we do. Um, this is what happens in the past and this works. And I think he's constantly studying the game and seeing, well, here's what the best teams in the world are doing. Uh, so if, this is what they're doing and they're dominating the world tour. Maybe it's a good indication that, you know, we, we should be looking into that. Uh, so I think Tyler can pick up a, on a lot of those things that uh, when you first hear it, it's like, dude, like that just sounds so, that sounds so ridiculous and absurd. Uh, and you start <laughs> watching film and you're like, dang, like that, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so Tyler's really good at that. Okay. I like his, his kind of outside the box thinking too. Yeah. I mean, that kind of goes along with what you're saying with it being black and white, but it's like just bringing new concepts and uh, it's really hard to add things to your game. I feel like, like you've done it for so long. It's, it's hard to find things to add. And he's really good at like picking out like, here's a little piece that you can, yeah. you can add. Here's a little piece you can add. And you're like, oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he, I mean, he did a good job coming in. <laughs> The beach facility because he's going into a bunch of professional beach players he's obviously was great with you know jake and uh rich and them but he he had to deal with a bunch of players who were like i don't trust you you know yeah. not quite yet you know he had to earn that yeah um but he certainly did and he built a really good program for us uh he also had a weird job where he's supposed to coach all the teams that are competing yeah. against each other it was <laughs> yeah. really quite stupid situation for him <laughs> but no i agree I, I, he kind of blew me away with, with um his mind uh, for the sport 
Did you have any of that, Jordan, where players were like, I don't trust you yet. You got to prove something to me first. Uh, I, I'm sure I have. Um, but like, I, I guess I, I never came out of the gate swing of like, here's what you got to do. Here's what you got to change. And so what, I you need that, to do this to win. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but you know, at UC Irvine, the, the foreigners, I, I think were, were the tough, the tougher ones. Okay. Uh, and so that, that took a lot more time of, um, for me, I really tried with them airing on like the, like being as objective as possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so whether it's stats film or, or whatever. Yeah. I was, I was wondering if it, like, if it had ever been a problem that, you know, you weren't a professional player first before you were coaching. Cause I know when like guys would try to give me like golf advice when I was in high school, yeah. I was like, you can't break a hundred. Like, what are you telling me about yeah. my swing, man? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that had ever been a problem for you. Cause I know for me as a player, just like throughout my life in whatever sport it was, if the person telling me to do something wasn't actually that <laughs> I'd never been good at that sport and you are a good, yeah. good player. I was like, what, what do you know? <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. That that's valid. And, and so I, I think I, I've tried tricking the system in the sense of, uh, um, you know, there's a book called how, how to win friends and influence people uh, yeah. by Dale Carnegie. Dude, you, uh, one of, one of, my, one of favorite my favorites books. now too, cause you recommended yeah. it. <laughs> Boom. You're welcome. Uh, try it. You gotta read it. I think you'd like it. I, I, I downloaded the audio book years okay. ago and then I didn't get through it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'll come back to it though. Yeah. I'm a better uh, reader now. <laughs> I, I think it's almost like trying to figure out how you can, if you have an idea that you believe in, like how can you get it to where they think they're coming up with an idea of themselves? Right. Uh, so instead of telling them, Hey, you got to do this, you got to believe this uh, because that's what I say. It's almost like, can you provide information or like things to them where it's like, Oh, I should do this. And they're like, that's a great idea. You know, like, <laughs> yes, yeah, right. I love it. I actually read a book. It was it was by a lawyer, and he uh, it was called like How to Argue and Win Every Time or something like that. Okay. And that's basically how it was. It was like make them tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. Make it come from them. Yeah. Uh, and it it sounds so manipulative, like when you talk right. about it. But it, it's like, I mean, like, if it comes from a good place and like it's going to help them, I think that's right. the role of a coach to do things that aren't necessarily comfortable or that they're not sure like why, but. Um, it's so smart like letting them experience it yeah and, you know rather than like just telling them I don't know that's like so that. smart I gotta reread that book now I didn't remember that part of it <laughs> it was just so so full of golden nuggets I got it right over there seriously <laughs> <laughs> yep that um your first meeting with Sarah and Kelly, because I'm sure that they were probably looking at a couple different coaches. Like, what did that look like? And I mean, how did you approach it as a prospective new coach of an Olympic team? Yeah, um, they Tyler invited me because he's running a, a few practices with Kelly and Sarah while they're uh, interviewing coaches. And so he invited me to watch a practice. And so I just went kind of introduced myself to them. Uh, it's funny because I was like, oh, Kelly, Sarah, like I met you before. But like, hey, I'm Jordan. They're like, we've never met you. I'm like, I saw you in Stud. I, I, I shake your hand in Chicago. Like, we don't, we don't remember you. I'm like, great. <laughs> I'll take a good start here. Uh, but and they'll, they'll always tease me about that. They're like, you're just not memorable, Jordan. Um, but, you know, I, I just watched, I watched practice, didn't really say much. I, I think I might have asked them a couple questions. And then uh, we went to the USA office and they, uh, they interviewed me. And so 
um, that was more of like, hey, like we're trying to find a good fit. And I think both parties were, here's what's important to us, uh, almost like non-negotiables of what we're looking for. Uh, and, you know, after the end of the interview, uh, again, like, like you said, Travis, like I asked both of them, I was like, hey, Kelly, Sarah, like, might sound like a dumb question, but why do you want to go to Olympics? And I guess the reason why I asked is, I think if you don't know why, it's going to be easy to get burnt out. It's going to be easy to lose direction. I think it, um, it's going to be tough to like enjoy the process. And, you know, Kelly answered right away and was like, Hey, like since I was, you know, eight, I've always known I wanted to be a professional athlete. Um, and that I would, I would go to the Olympics someday. Uh, I was like, that's cool that she answered that quickly, but I don't think that's like her why. Um, and, but I, I didn't say, I didn't say that. And then uh, I think Sarah's comfortable with me sharing this, but like when, when it's Sarah's turn to talk, uh, you know, again, I didn't know Sarah. Like I just see uh, my observations was that she's this gnarly competitor, gritty, just like mentally tough. And just like, you don't want to mess with her. Uh, she starts like crying. And I'm just like, whoa, like all I did was ask why, um, <laughs> you know, like all three of us, me, Tyler and Kelly are kind of like, whoa, like, man, this is it's kind of crazy. And Sarah was just overwhelmed. She's like, I, I don't know why. She's like, I haven't thought about that. Uh, no one's like no one's ever asked me that and everything's just happening so fast like she's like I graduated college went on the world tour and she's like I, I, I teams are figuring me out and like I know like I gotta be better and she's like I, I know I can't be better uh, and I, I think it's a moment of realization of like huh there, there's more more to this than just volleyball um, and I, I think both the girls were so burnt out they're like we're so ready for offseason Jordan like we we have two more tournaments so we're, we're, we're done uh, and they're, they're pretty exhausted. And, and so, uh, I think that was like a good cue for me to kind of leap in and like, yeah, like I, I really want to invest in you guys as, as people. And I think that's of any coach out there. Um, I, I think I can do that better than, than anyone else. I think that that's what makes you such a good fit for them. Cause you know, I feel like, you know, someone like try a team like try and Trevor, you know, might not necessarily need yeah. not, not that they don't need someone to be like helping along personalities, but you know, they're so new to uh, so much with volleyball. And I feel like they needed to have someone they knew that like they cared about their personal lives yeah. and like cared about them as, as humans. And I'm sure, you know, try and Trevor, you guys have kind of figured out like why you want to go to the Olympics, why you love volleyball. But like, like you said, Sarah and Kelly, their lives have been moving so fast, you know, especially with Sarah had no break. She went UCLA straight to the AVP, straight to the FIVB. And then before you know it, it was UCLA season again. And then she skipped a graduation was in Warsaw, you know, and they had their yeah. fake celebration. And uh, I feel like that's what makes you such a good fit for them. And why I feel like you guys are, are all like such good friends, you know, yeah. uh, not just a team, you know, you're like this little family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is, it, it just makes like, we're, I, I think we're, uh, we're pretty united on the same page with uh, the direction we want to go and, don't get me wrong. Like I want nothing more than to like win the Olympics, but, um, and I, I'm gonna work, you know, my butt off to do that. And I, I think all, all three of us will, but that's not like the end goal. I, I think you hear a lot of stories of Olympians gold, gold medalists, where it's like, man, they spent their entire lives pursuing this, this end goal. Of, like, this is my life's purpose of like winning a gold medal. And then once they achieve it, it's like, shoot, like what now? It's almost right. like they lose a sense of purpose. Yeah, uh, and I, I think there's uh, it might sound weird to say, but like we're, we're pursuing some, something greater than just a gold medal at the Olympics. Um, and that's like a stepping stone to to get to where we want to want to go as people. 
did you envision this as the path that you'd be going on with beach, you know, helping out with one of the best teams in the world on, on the beach? Um, I don't know if you're like kind of a five, 10 year goal kind of guy, yeah. or if you just go as you, as you go, but this is a unique position that you're finding yourself in. Yeah. Uh, the answer to that is a hard no. I, I would never <laughs> imagine I'd be in this position. Uh, like in my bedroom, on my wall. Like I, I have pictures of, uh, I guess just past events that are important. And I have a picture of me winning my, you know, my triple A, uh, winning an open. And it's like, it seemed like <laughs> I was telling Kel Kelly and Sarah this and Kelly's like, Oh, like I got, I want an open when I was 13. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, all right, well, like, this is like, it's a big deal for me. Like, that's a really big deal. I spent, I spent a couple of years trying to get it, you know, and not all of us are just freaking prodigies at, at volleyball. Uh, but I think it's a reminder to me of like, uh, just, I guess, where I came from uh, and winning a AAA, that I was, uh, still is, you know, a big deal. And, and so I guess I look at my position now and I, I would never imagine uh, this. Like, I, I was, I was stoked to shag balls and be in the USA national team gym. Uh, so I guess just really, really grateful for my, my position now and what I get to do. You look at like how far you've come and, and think like, I've come this far from where I was, probably exceeded your expectations by a lot. Yeah. Now what can I do with the rest of this time? Right. Yeah. You know, you yeah. already exceeded your expectations so much. You're like, well, why don't I, double that or something going forward like how does that make you think about the future knowing that you've you've already exceeded your expectations yeah uh I, i'm a big dreamer uh, i think i've always been and, and travis and i were talking about this uh there's a quote that says uh you often overestimate what you can do in a year uh but you underestimate what you can do in 10 and, and so for me like i i want to i want to dream so big where it's like why why not uh and uh in terms like I want to be the youngest coach, you know, win a gold medal at the Olympics. But the the long term dream, I, I think, is something that's uh, is is part of my why as a coach. But I, I think it's unattainable in the sense that I might not ever achieve it, but I'm going to spend the rest of my life like pursuing it. And I want to be, you know, like the John Wooden of uh, beach volleyball coaches, um, and, and leave that kind of legacy. And uh, in terms like influence and impact, like the Kobe Bryant, like I think he's the best like storyteller out there. Um, yes, one of the best players, but like w when he shared things, like it really like the way he's able to tell a story out of it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I want uh, I want other coaches from other sports from around the country, if not world, to fly in and watch our practice for a week because they hear about our team's culture uh, and, and they they want to learn how to have a healthy team environment where you know we're thriving and bringing out the best in each other. So I guess huh. stuff like that is like what I dream of, and yeah. uh, I don't know if twenty years how if that happens or what that looks like but um, i love it you know, yeah i want to i want to win four gold medals you know i want to be the, the winningest coach there you um, go stuff like that yeah i love it i mean i'm for me that's that's music to my ears whether i'm playing against you or whatever because i mean we need that in our sport we need people to dream big like i don't care where the sport goes i'm going to be great at what i'm doing you know and if we have enough people doing that and dreaming big enough I mean, the sport's going to take off and go where we want it to go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool for me to hear that as well. well what, what are the next couple months look like for you guys? I know um, Kelly's playing in the KOB. Um, Sarah's not, but what do I mean, you guys probably have like off season coming up relatively soon, I would think. Yeah. Um, it's a good question. We're, we're trying to figure it out. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a big, 
I like structure. I like planning. Uh, I, I like mapping out a season. So it was like, hey, this is Tokyo Olympics was, you know, uh, July. And this is where we want to go. This is where we need to be and kind of having an idea of like, here's the tournaments we have. Uh, so it's really hard for me right now just because everything's unknown. Like we don't know when our next tournament is. Uh, we're, we're guessing late February, early March for FIVB. And so that leaves, what, five months of an off season. Uh, and so we're, I think we're trying to, we're just experimenting, trying to navigate. Uh, the last month and a half, we've been going pretty hard, uh, training a lot, working out. And I think we're, we're starting to experience a little bit of the burnout side. So I think moving forward, it's a little bit going, it's going to be more of a, a little bit of an off season. Uh, like today, we did a, a low net practice where they didn't jump at all um, and stuff like that, where it's a little bit different, but uh, we're still getting better and hopefully it's refreshing. Yeah. Well, dude, it was great to see you the other day and uh, great to see you again now. Finally got you on the pod. <laughs> Appreciate you taking the time and uh, try. Thanks for squeezing us in when yeah, you're uh, with you down here. We heard Naya getting up from her nap. So I know you got daddy duty calling. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised it took so long to get Jordan on here. <laughs> yeah. He's always putting the players first. He's like, no, there's, there's no. got to be better people than me. <laughs> playing a little hard to get. So. <laughs> yeah. That's smart. Uh, th thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, is there, um, is there anywhere we can follow along with – I know you're not big on social, but is there any, anywhere we can follow on kind of you as a coach or, you know, say I'm a kid looking for, you know, a coach for a private lesson over the off season. How can I get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, I don't really – I have a Facebook. I don't really use it, but I guess if you really want to – um, dive in and try to figure something out about me feel free to message me but other than that like I think following Kelly and Sarah um, and I, I'm usually with, with them when we're training so awesome George thanks for the time brother appreciate you alright guys see you later Cheers, boys Thanks, boys